Looking to get out of your own way and make things happen? Do you love inspiration and tips that are based on the science of happiness and well-being? If so, default to yes is for you. New episodes are released every Monday with the occasional bonus episodes with expert guests, each one designed for inspiration to keep us moving in the right direction. Whether you're dealing with obstacles that have been around for a long time or are on a journey of new challenges, know that you are not alone. The Default to Yes podcast is nurse coach and aromatherapist Julie Reynolds on the journey with you, your extraordinary self. We deal in truth and experiment with solutions, training our fascinating brains to cooperate as we show up in the world the way we really want, make the difference we desire without sacrificing our overall well-being. Welcome to the Default to Yes podcast. Welcome back to another week of Defaulting to Yes, Your Extraordinary Self. Today, we're going to dive into a topic that affects many professionals, from nurses to entrepreneurs. So grab your favorite beverage, find a comfy spot, keep your eyes on the road if you're driving, of course, and let's unravel the science behind imposter syndrome and discover how it impacts nurses and entrepreneurs, or really one, really anyone for that matter. But first, I got a chance to connect with Charlotte Anderson. She is a doctorate prepared certified nurse anesthetist, and we share a love of essential oils and have connected over that for the past couple of years. I got a chance to connect with her this week, and I asked her what it looked like for her to default to yes. My default to my extraordinary self is that I prioritize work-life balance. I am committed to maintaining a healthy equilibrium between my professional and personal lifestyles. Travel. My extraordinary self while traveling might exude a sense of curiosity and adventure. I eagerly explore new places, cultures, and experiences. I can be confidently engaged with locals, embrace different customs, and immerse myself fully in the journey. My extraordinary travel persona reflects a spirit of open-mindedness and a willingness to step out of my comfort zone. That's what it looks like when I default to yes. If you feel like your successes are a result of luck, if you worry that others are going to discover that you're not as capable as they believe you to be, if you find it difficult to accept compliments or praise for any of your work, you're finding that you doubt your own abilities and skills, if you compare yourself to others and then feel inadequate in comparison, if you feel like you don't deserve the achievements or recognition that you get, or if you're afraid of making mistakes and being exposed as a fraud, if you feel that constant pressure to prove yourself and your abilities. And maybe for some of you, it's just that you hesitate to share your accomplishments because you don't want to be seen as arrogant. These are all signs that you might be dealing with imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome was first coined by psychologist Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes in the 1970s. It's a psychological phenomenon that can strike anyone regardless of their achievements or expertise. I will never forget the first time that I heard this term because I was talking to a friend of mine who is a counselor and I brought it up and she described it and I thought, oh my gosh, that is what I am dealing with. 
And it was so freeing to, first of all, have a name for it and to be able to unpack that in my own brain and my own life and be able to start to manage it better. So once I knew what was going on and knowing that it had a name, said that I wasn't alone in that either. Going back to the science, they initially observed imposter syndrome in high-achieving women, but later research has shown that it affects people of all genders, backgrounds, and professions, which makes sense. It's characterized by self-doubt. It's a fear of being exposed as a fraud and attributing success to external factors. I can even remember back in college sitting in our dorm rooms talking about the fear of graduating and what if somebody found out that we didn't really know what we were doing. All of those doubts, fear of being exposed once you enter into the real world. It makes complete sense to be afraid of doing something new, but the fear of being exposed as a fraud is a really unreasonable thought. Nonetheless, research shows that imposter syndrome affects around 70% of individuals at some point in their lives, and it can have negative effects on mental health and self-esteem and career advancement. It can lead to stress and burnout, reduce job satisfaction, and difficulty pursuing opportunities. Now, I see this from time to time in my coaching practice. I know this as someone is being really hard on themselves, and I still do this to myself too. And I ask, was it a reasonable expectation that you would know that? Is it something that you've done before? And that is the first time sometimes that it occurs to them that there is no reason why they should expect to have known without asking or do without learning. In my own coaching experience this week, my coach said something that I really needed to hear. She said, you are not a problem. You run up on problems that require you to solve them. In my case this week, it was in business. Now, there is no reason that I should expect that I would know everything about business. Much of it is very new to me. I didn't go to school for business. I never have run a business on my own before. I have a lot to learn. And when I make a mistake, and recently I made a big one, I needed to hear that. And maybe some of you need to hear that too. You are not a problem. You run up on problems that require you to solve them. This is good in leadership too, because the problems, they don't ever stop. And we can get in a little bit of a silo and we don't recognize that these problems are happening for other people. Maybe they don't show us, talk to us about it. So we begin to think that maybe we're the only ones that are having these problems. But problems, they never stop. Not for anyone at any level. In some ways, they just get bigger. So let's explore imposter syndrome, specifically how it impacts nurses and entrepreneurs. Research has explored how imposter syndrome may manifest differently in different cultural and social contexts. Cultural factors and expectations can influence how individuals perceive and cope with their feelings of inadequacy. In the nursing profession, imposter syndrome can manifest as doubting clinical skills, hesitating to ask questions or even avoiding leadership roles due to feelings of inadequacy. Entrepreneurs, on the other hand, may feel like they don't deserve their success. They question their ability to compete. They fear being found out as inexperienced. A lot of them are looking around and seeing on social media the successes of others and the smart things that people are pulling off and wondering why they can't do the same, or when they do, not seeing it as the same 
not being able to see that as equally successful. Going back to nurses, there's an expectation that nurses should have an extensive knowledge about health and medical matters. It's a topic that has been explored and discussed in the field of nursing and healthcare more broadly. The role of nurses in healthcare is multifaceted, and their responsibilities often involve a wide range of medical knowledge and skills. But it's important to note that while nurses possess significant expertise, they are not expected to know everything about health, just as no medical professional is expected to have all-encompassing knowledge. We talk about this a lot as nurses that take care of patients because a lot of times leadership expects us to be able to move around freely between specialties and be able to function at the same competency. Somehow there are leaders, even nurses, that really expect nurses to be able to perform at a top-level competency when moving back and forth between specialties. This is when nurses need to have the confidence to ask the question, to draw the lines. But all of that said, try to tell your friend on Facebook who sent you a picture of a mystery rash or your cousin who calls and asks what they should do because they have gone on vacation and left all their meds at home or the friend who texts you and asks you what to do about dizziness with zero context. I love helping people as a nurse, and I can help triage your situation so that you don't waste time for a doctor appointment if it's more serious and you need to take action now, or what to watch for while you wait, or even what you can do at home sometimes. But, But I also have people ask me about complicated diagnosis. This is actually something that I had once on Facebook Messenger. My cousin's best friend's mother was just diagnosed with ankylizing spondylosis. What should I tell her to do? (laughs) I am not making that up. Now, to be fair, I did just do a webinar on autoimmune disorders and aromatherapy support, but it is an example of how nurses may get the impression that to be a good and helpful nurse, we need to know everything, that we need to know at least a little bit about everything. And that's just in the community. Not too long ago, I got a the most baffled look by from a resident physician when I told her that I did not know what the procedure was that my patient had just had. She was telling me about it, and I just simply said, can you explain it to me like I'm at zero on understanding what this is and what I should be looking for? She looked at me like, oh my gosh, what are you even doing here? <laughs> Which may have been a good question, but there should have been zero expectation from anyone on our team that I would know and understand a gynecological procedure that I had never encountered. So it was a reasonable question, and it never is something that I should let myself ever feel bad about. The real reason that nurses may be perceived about to be knowledgeable in all areas of medicine and healthcare is really because nurses are trained to think critically and make sound clinical judgments. So I'm not telling you any of this. If there are those of you who are listening who are not nurses, I don't, I don't want to discourage you from reaching out to your nurse friends because we love to help and we should be really good at, at finding the resources or finding the answers because these clinical judgments, we may not always have the answers, but we're skilled in assessing situations and seeking information, sorting it out, triaging the healthcare system and collaborating with colleagues to provide the best care possible. That is also something that as nurses, we can take into our run-ins with imposter syndrome. To be skilled in assessing situations and seeking information and collaborating with others to provide the best care possible, 
to find the best solutions. So now I know I'm talking a lot about nurses because I am a nurse and I work with nurses and I work with entrepreneurs in my coaching practice. And so that's who I hear from. And I hope that you can also translate this into your experience if you're listening and you're not a nurse, because I think a lot of this applies. And regardless, science tells us that imposter syndrome is rooted in various psychological factors such as personality traits, upbringing, and societal expectations. For nurses and entrepreneurs alike, and again, the reason I bring this up is that not all of you have a coach and you're figuring these things out all on your own. Totally unnecessary, by the way. I've made it super easy to schedule a free coaching session with me so that you can explore your options. Just click the link below go or go to reimaginewellness.org and let's set up a time to chat. Okay, again, I bring it up because these feelings of inadequacy can lead to burnout and anxiety and difficulty in pursuing opportunities, and you may not even recognize why it's happening. Now, let's shift our focus to some actionable tips to overcome imposter syndrome. Whether you're a nurse on the front lines or an entrepreneur chasing your dreams, you're a leader leading a team, these strategies can really help. So first of all, recognize and reframe. Be aware of the negative thought patterns. You wanna challenge them by reframing your achievements and acknowledging your skills. We did a little reframing earlier by reminding yourself that you are not a problem you run up on problems that require you to solve them. That's a way to reframe that whole story about, I must be the problem. I must not be a very good leader because these problems are popping up on my team all the time and I don't know how to help them. I must not be a very good business leader or business owner because I keep having these problems. This is a way to reframe those thoughts. You should never be telling yourself, that you're dumb or worthless or incapable. This is where my husband is probably sitting in his chair listening to this, thinking, I hope she hears what she's saying. (laughs) Okay, number two is seek support. So you're going to recognize and reframe and then seek to support. Don't hesitate to ask for help or guidance. Seek mentors or experienced colleagues that you can connect with or connect with a coach. Ask questions. Don't hide it. You're a learner. Share your experience with others. Share when you ran into this thing that you didn't know that you learned. And and that's another way to be the support along with seeking support. So you can promote even that culture of seeking support and being curious when you yourself offer that support. Now, setting realistic goals is also important. You can break your goals down to manageable tasks. That will help you from getting overwhelmed by the big outcome. It's also going to help you process all of the things that come along the way. Achieving that big thing out there in milestones can boost confidence and dispel any of those feelings that might pop up of inadequacy. Just because you hit a bump in the road doesn't mean that you can't get past it, move on, and reach the destination that you have set for yourself. Now, I encourage my clients to assess their skills as part of goal setting. We take a look at the toolbox. Is there any tool that you need, a tool that you have but have never used? Make this a conscious effort of what you have to learn. It keeps it from sneaking up as something that you just didn't know. It won't be such a surprise and won't throw you off as much. When, when we get surprised and when we run into problems that we don't know the solution to or we didn't know we were going to run into, that's when we spiral into thoughts of 
how dumb that we didn't know this one thing. Which brings us, of course, to the next thing is practice self-compassion. Treat yourself with the same kindness that you'd extend to a friend or somebody that you are mentoring, somebody that you are leading. Remember, everyone makes mistakes and everyone faces challenges. If someone doesn't know something or is struggling with a skill, you don't call them stupid, belittle them for not knowing. You don't tell them to give up or quit, let someone else who knows what they're doing do it. At least I hope you don't. You ask them what they want or need to know. You ask them how you can help. You honor their willingness to try something new and their desire to master a skill. You support them. You encourage them that this is just part of the process of mastery, that they'll get there. Just have some patience. And then you remind them how far they've come. That's how you can treat yourself with the same kindness that you would extend to others. Now, the last tip is to celebrate achievements. This isn't the first time on this podcast that I've mentioned celebrating. Take time to celebrate your successes, no matter how small. Embracing your accomplishments can counteract imposter feelings. That you are showing up and learning at all is a win. There are plenty of people who give up, quit learning, settle in. You are showing up every day to default to extraordinary, and that's not even a small win. That's a huge win. Now, before we wrap up, I want to share with you a quote by Maya Angelou that I have sitting on my desk in the form of a post-it now. Success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. Keep this wisdom in mind as you navigate the challenges of imposter syndrome. Now, we've talked a lot about building confidence in as a part of a solution. And remember, imposter syndrome, the definition, it's a, it's a psychological phenomenon where individuals doubt their accomplishments, skills, and abilities, and have the persistent fear of being exposed as fraud, despite evidence to the contrary. And I want you to hear that part of the definition clearly, despite evidence to the contrary. You might have lots of evidence and do everything right and still feel that sense of just denial over that that you can accomplish. People with imposter syndrome often attribute their success to luck, timing, or other external factors rather than their own capabilities. They might believe that if they did it, anybody could. It was just their circumstances and not attribute that attribute that to their own abilities or their own willingness to really make it happen or to learn something, to master something. That's what leads to feelings of the inadequacy, anxiety, and constant sense of failure. Now, I haven't left you on your own on this. If you're wondering, if you're curious, maybe this is your first exposure to what imposter syndrome is. I've created a guide called Mastering Confidence, Your Imposter Syndrome Action Guide. And in this guide, you'll have an assessment so that you can see how you fit or how you relate to imposter syndrome. Maybe not at all, but if you're finding that you doubt your own abilities and skills, if you feel like your successes are a result of luck, if you worry that others are going to discover that you're not as capable as they believe you to be, if you find it difficult to accept compliments or praise for any of your work, if you compare yourself to others and then feel inadequate in comparison, 
if you feel like you don't deserve the achievements or recognition that you get, or if you're afraid of making mistakes and being exposed as a fraud, if you feel that constant pressure to prove yourself and your abilities. And maybe for some of you, it's just that you hesitate to share your accomplishments because you don't want to be seen as arrogant. These are all signs that you might be dealing with imposter syndrome, in which case it deserves some intention to put towards this so that you don't run yourself into problems with the effects of imposter syndrome itself. Now, it's important to note as you do these self-assessments that these can provide a general indication that what I'm going to provide you is not a diagnostic tool. If you get a score on this assessment that raises concerns, or if you feel that imposter syndrome is significantly affecting your well-being, then getting support from a mental health professional is what is recommended. The goal of this of the assessment that I'm providing is to help you become more aware of your thoughts and feelings, which can be a starting point for personal growth and building self-confidence. If you want to pick this guide up, I'd be happy to send it to you. Just go to reimaginewellness.org forward slash yes, or scroll down to below this episode, the show notes, there is a link that you can, that will take you right to where you can let me know that you want it, and I'll send it right to your inbox. You can use this for you, for your team. Print it out, write those things down, and really take action on putting imposter syndrome to rest. Today, we've uncovered some layers of imposter syndrome and the profound impact on nurses and entrepreneurs alike. We've explored the origins, science, and manifestations of this phenomenon. Realizing that it's a shared experience that transcends profession, it's not just you. Remember that you're not alone in these feelings and that the strategies we've discussed can serve as power tools to combat imposter syndrome's grip. Whether you're tending to patients' well-being or shaping your entrepreneurial dreams, remember to embrace your journey, recognize and reframe the thoughts that take you down that path, set realistic goals, get the support and the skill that you need. Remind yourself that your unique talents are deserving of success. And remember my Angela's words and strive for self-appreciation and self-compassion. Remember to celebrate your achievements. In fact, today, wherever you are on social media, post something that you're celebrating about your accomplishments. It can be something really simple that you're proud to be a lifelong learner. What an adventure. Then hashtag default to yes so that I can see it too. I'd love to celebrate with you. And if that scares you, that may be a sign that you need to click the link below and we need to chat. And of course, as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, maybe somebody who needs to hear this. Until we meet again, stay empowered. Keep nurturing your remarkable potential. I know you are capable, competent, and deserving of your achievements. So go out there and embrace your uniqueness and confidently pursue your goals as you get up every day to default to yes, your extraordinary self.